Hello, my name's Emma Alter and I'm a Feldenkrais practitioner in London, the UK. Today I'm going to give you a short lesson on working with the hands. This lesson is in sitting, so find a chair and make yourself comfortable. Have your arms down by your sides and let's take a moment to feel how your arms hang from your shoulders. And see does one shoulder sit a little bit more forward of the other. Perhaps you can feel your collarbones. These are the S-shaped bones at the front that go around the neck and then out to meet the shoulder blades at the sides. How do they sit on top of your shoulders? Is one a little bit more forward than the other? Let's start by noticing how you use your hands right now. So I'm sure in your vicinity, you have some objects around you. Um, I happen to have a cup of tea right here, how very British. And I'm going to pick up my cup of tea and put it back down with one hand, noticing how much force I use. And I'm gonna repeat the movement with the same hand and see how easily does this first hand form its shape around the object? So how easily do the, does the palm, do the fingers shape themselves around the object that you're holding? And then swap over hand and try it with the other one and see does your second hand pick up with the same level of fluidity? Does it use the same amount of pressure in order to hold the cup or, or more than the first hand? How easily does it form its shape around the object? Now, perhaps you're like me and you chose your dominant hand first. Perhaps you didn't. I just noticed that too. Try a different object. Pick it up. Notice its weight, how easily the hand that you first chose forms itself around the shape in front of you. How heavy is it? Try with the other hand. When you pick up an object with one hand, is it only the fingers and the palm that move? Or is there a sense that perhaps more of the limb, the whole of the upper limb, up to the shoulders, is involved? And don't worry about any of the questions that I ask in this lesson. If you don't have answers, that's fine. It's part of the process of learning. And one of the triggers for any kind of learning is curiosity. So can you be curious about this difference in the two hands? I'm curious about the difference in the way that you use them. We'll come back to that at the end. Often our dominant hand has more habits than the non-dominant hand. So we're going to start by working on the dominant hand. We're going to start by fetching or pressing the side of your first finger. So 
with your non-dominant hand, make a little pincher. And take the side of the tip of the bone and begin in very small increments to press and release the two sides of the finger as if you wanted the pressure to outline the shape of the finger for you. So at the very tip, you'll feel that it starts to widen towards the first joint. And then as you work your way down towards the second joint, you'll feel that there's a, a, a thinning, like a little waste in the middle of the bone. And as you get to the second joint, it flares, it widens again. Work your way down towards the knuckle of the first finger. And at a certain point, you'll feel you can't go any further because the palm is in the way. At that point, let's come back to the tip of the first finger. And we're going to press, fetch, in the opposite direction, so front to back. So for that, you'll take the nail under one finger and the pad of the finger under the thumb of your, of your little pincer of the opposite hand. And here, begin to press and release once again, feeling the difference in shape. This this aspect, this plane of of the of the finger is much flatter. Perhaps you can feel that in, as you press. Give yourself a moment as you as you meet a joint, as you as you meet one of the hinges of the finger, to press a little longer. Allow yourself to breathe in and out for the duration. And the quality with which you touch yourself should be pleasurable. It should feel nice. So if it doesn't, what do you need to do to change that? And often it will be using less pressure, going a bit slower so that you can register, that your brain can register what you're doing with the fingers. As you come to the next knuckle, Breathe again, in and out. And then continue down in small increments as if you wanted to press every centimetre of this band of the finger. And at a certain point, you're going to get to the, the knuckle of the first finger where it meets the palm of the hand. Now here, we can keep going. The palm is made up of the metacarpals and on the one hand, they're the bones of the palm, but on the other hand, they're the bones of the fingers. If you if you move your first finger as you press, you'll feel that. You'll feel all the tendons and the, and the fascia, the muscles, all moving underneath your fingers as you gently squeeze. And you're squeezing in order to find the bone, in order that you can point at the bone through the flesh. But we do this in Feldenkrais by giving yourself time, just thinking slowly, gently towards the bones through your flesh rather than pushing. So again, it should feel really nice. And if it doesn't, go slower and use a lot less pressure. And, and as you get towards the wrist, to the bottom of the of the bone of the of the metacarpal of the first finger, you'll start to feel the little cuboid bones of the wrist. And the anatomical wrist, it starts a little higher 
then the hinge of the wrist. Once you get there, take a little pause. If you move your first finger a little, can you feel where it starts and ends? Let's start again with the middle finger. Squeeze from the side as if you wanted to be able to draw the shape of the bone from simply squeezing it. Gently, slowly. Notice if you're holding your breath. Notice if you're holding your jaw. Scan around your mouth and see is there anything in the face, the, the mouth, the jaw, the eyes, that you could soften. That's getting involved with the small pressing of the fingers where it doesn't need to. As you continue to squeeze downwards towards where the finger meets the palm, come back. And we're going to work front to back. Squeezing, releasing, as you go down. And you want the hand that you're working on to be resting as much as it can on, on a surface or on your lap. You're doing as little work as possible so that your hand can really let go. See whether as you squeeze, you can breathe out. So we squeeze on the exhale. And just see if that enables you to allow some of the extra tension you might be holding along the hand, along the wrist, to, to melt away a little. As you, now, you, of course, you can go down the whole of the metacarpal in the hand all the way down to the wrist. As you get lower towards the wrist, bring your attention to the forearm and just see, can you feel the squeezing as an echo in the forearm? And if you can, maybe you can feel it all the way up to your elbow. That's where what many of the muscles of the fingers go all the way up to, as if we were wearing old-fashioned ladies' gloves. Come back to the ring finger and begin squeezing gently along your side. Feeling how from the tip, the bone flares outwards, gets wider as you get to the knuckle. Allow the compression of the knuckle to take a little longer. And as you continue, squeeze as you breathe out. Seeing whether the out-breath can help you allow more of the tension that you may be holding in the hand to melt away. Feel the changing shape underneath your fingers. And feel the concreteness of the bones. Our fingers may be delicate, but they're strong. And it's the presence of the bones that, that enables that. Come back to the tip once you're done, and we'll go front to back. Squeeze in gently as you breathe out. Scan around yourself a little more. Is there anywhere in your belly that you could let go? That you're holding on to where you don't really need to? 
If there is, see if that makes a difference to the length of your breath. The downward movement of the of the in-breath, of the diaphragm moving towards the pelvic floor as you breathe in. And continue squeezing. And now we're going front to back. You may want to adjust the position of your hand to squeeze along the fourth finger's metacarpal. And that's the bone of the finger that goes through the wrist, through the palm, into the wrist. When you get to the bottom of the metacarpal, the base of the palm, just gently see and move the finger. Where's the point where you're no longer on a, on a metacarpal, but you're there on the keyboard bones, those little bones of the wrist? Come back to the pinky. And we'll start with the side. And your smallest finger is your smallest finger, so it doesn't need as much effort. It doesn't need as much power. So reduce how much pressure you use in order to feel the seek for the bone through the skin, through the muscles, through the fascia of the finger. And it's a much smaller finger, so it probably doesn't take as long. When you reach the base of the finger, come back, and we'll go front to back once again. And there's something about compression, about feeling the skeleton, that's really useful for our brains. It's really useful to be able to feel, and, and continue squeezing as I talk, um, it's really useful for our brains to be able to feel the structure inside us. And this is, is one of the easier places to do that in the hand, especially at the back. You can probably feel at the back of the hand, there's a lot less muscle, a lot less flesh to go through. And if, if you have particular muscular hands, don't feel like you have to force all the way into the palm. You just press as much as is truly comfortable for you. And feel free to move the finger as you go. To really feel how far down towards the wrist and then further into the lower arm, into the elbow, even up to the shoulder, can you feel this movement? Take a pause. See there's a difference in the way that your arm is sitting, either on your on your lap or on the table. And perhaps you can notice if, if the collarbone and the shoulder blade, so the shoulder girdle, is sitting the same way as before, or whether something's changed. We've got one final digit to play with. Let's work with the thumb. So take your dominant thumb and you squeeze it between the little crab claw, the little pincher of your other hand, and you work your way down in the same way that we've been doing. Squeezing, feeling the, the thickening and the thinning of the width of the finger. And the thumb, because of its position at the side of the hand, you can probably go down further as long as you stay delicate and comfortable. So you take and you squeeze all the way down the metacarpal to the base of the thumb, which might be easier to feel, again, if you're moving the thumb a little, just wiggling it slowly, 
as you squeeze. Come back to the tip and do the same front to back. Feel the curve in the first phalanx, the first bone of the thumb where the nail is. It's quite an interesting shape. And then as you get to the second phalanx, the second bone, you may well start to feel the tendons and all the different parts of the fascia of the thumb. And in the metacarpal of the thumb, you'll feel the difference between the back of the thumb being very close to the skin. There's not so much muscle on the back side of the thumb at this point. And the fleshy side of the palm of the thumb, where depending what you do with your hands, you may well have quite a, a substantial muscle. So then squeeze as you breathe out, working your way down all the way to the base. When you're done, take a pause. Have both arms by your side once more and see if there's a difference. So a difference in the way that your dominant arm hangs from the shoulder. Is there a difference perhaps in the sense of width, length, size of the hand that you've been working with? Perhaps there's a difference in sense of temperature or, or awakeness, aliveness in the hands. Have your hands palm down either on your lap or on your table and make a little Mexican wave or if you're a musician a little stare on a piano keyboard with one hand. Compare it once again to the non-dominant hand and see has anything changed about the quality of this movement. Has anything changed about your sense of length of the fingers? Finally, let's come back to picking up your objects. And even with this short exploration, perhaps there's a difference in how it feels to shape your hand around whatever it is you're holding, how it feels to lift it, its sense of weight, the amount of force that you need to use to collect it and hold it. It may well be less than you're used to using. Compare with the hand we haven't worked with and see whether that's true for you. Take another object and just see how does that dominant hand form itself around the shape of whatever it is you've picked up now. Put it down, pick it up once more with the other hand. How much of the shoulder, how much of the whole limb is involved? Is that different too? I hope that lesson was interesting for you. And if you would like to know more about my work, then please do visit my website, themovingbrain.com, or you can find me on Facebook or Instagram. Thank you for your attention.